It always starts with the family. Relationships, career issues, health issues, everything can be like traced back to mom, dad, your inner child. What's up, self-healers? Welcome to another episode of Self Healer Society. It's me, your host, Christina Nicolai, here to remind you, per usual, that you are your own healer. That everything you need to grow, to thrive, to heal in this life is within you. In this episode, we are speaking with Flutura. She is like the jack of all trades in the healing world. She does family constellations, which we'll get into later. She does Reiki, she does human design, breath work, she does it all. And in this episode, we talk about her grieving process with the loss of her father, growing up Albanian-American, and the struggles that come along with that, rebelling, disappointing family members, ending people-pleaser tendencies, and the science of generational trauma. This one is such a good episode. I could have talked to her for another like two hours. So let's just get right into it. First, you know the deal. Just pause, connect with yourself, take a deep breath in through the nose from the belly, and then slowly exhale, letting go of any expectations, to-do lists, whatever's on your mind, and then let's Meet our self healer. Hey! Hi! Hey. There she is! <laughs> awesome! Welcome! Thanks for having me. Uh, there's a drumming circle in the background, so let me know if that's a little bit distracting. I can try to move, but. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so I was just telling them how we met at um, the Motras event. Yeah and how like we just thought it was going to be this like chill circle we all hang out and just drink some wine and then it turned out to be this like crazy deep therapy session oh yeah it was so intense but awesome like so yeah. great to be with like like-minded um women you know it's hard yeah. to find especially yes. in our culture where it's not uh you know as accepted yes so to speak exactly, exactly. <laughs> so i was just gonna say like in our culture, we tend to kind of be like very closed off because we're like, okay, we can't let anyone know our business. But in that circle, it was like everyone was just open. And yeah, I think that's yeah. something that we need so much more of. And that's why I brought you on too, because I want I want you to share, I mean, I want people to share their stories and to be vulnerable. And it's not only for the people, but it's for you too, to have a voice, to have a place to share that story because mm -hmm. it's healing yeah. to share your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. Let's dig in. <laughs> all right. So first question I always like to ask is what are you grateful for during all this craziness? Oh, man. Uh, so many things. I mean, I have like a pretty solid practice of of like meta, like a love meditation practice and, and uh, a gratitude practice. So, I mean, my list is literally like pen to paper, never ending. Um, mm. But community, um, family, our health, people 
awakening more than ever. Like it's, it's such a tragic time. There's so much going on. There's, you know, people are dying. There's like, you know, movements happening, black lives matter. There's so much going on, but it's like, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like it's so necessary to like, light it up like this we have to you know for lack of a better term burn it down in order to rebuild it again so I'm really grateful for that I'm grateful for yeah I would say community at the top like my family is amazing and supportive um I haven't seen anyone I've been pretty like locked down in quarantine my family no one lives nearby in New York City anymore everyone kind of moved so that's been challenging um And I'm sure you and myself and everyone on this call has, is really tapped out with screen time. (laughs) So it's sometimes it's really hard to like get on the family, um, zoom call. I'm just like, dude, I've been on all day. So seriously, I was like, okay, Friday, I told my sister yesterday, I was like, we need a day to just put our phones away and go in nature and just like zone out. So yeah. We're yeah. going to do that this weekend. But, awesome. So can we just like go into what it is that you do? I want everyone to kind of understand it because even I want to understand what Family Constellations is and like everything else that you do. Because I know you named quite a few things that you do as far as healing goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so first and foremost, the term, it's, it's funny because... <laughs> The term family constellations to me is so misleading. It sounds like it's astrological. It sounds like you're getting like yeah. a birth birth chart reading or yeah. like, hey girl, what's your sign? Like, oh, I'm a Taurus. Like it's not even close. So it's funny that my my teacher, my um, my teacher Marine and my friend Chelsea, who I, who I studied constellations with, we laugh about how family constellations <laughs> needs a rebrand. <laughs> um, so I call it, somatic ancestral trauma healing which is a mouthful but I feel like that's really um, getting at what it is rather than family constellations Um, no disrespect to Bert Hellinger who you know the forefather of family constellations who recently died at the age of I think he was like 98 or something Um, but it's just sort of misleading so that's first first and foremost so um, the process is it's somatic movements. So basically it's the, it's the belief that everybody has a place in the family, everybody. And I mean, abortions, miscarriages, um, early deaths, uh, people that have been thrown out of the family. And I know for myself as an Albanian woman, that is really like something intense to work through because a lot of people are sort of cast to the wayside if they don't sort of fit the familial um, sort of, you know, box that they've been put in, um, so to say. So I'm talking about, you know, addicts, addiction, um, suicide. Um, You know, I know in a lot of cultures when somebody commits suicide in the family, they cover it up. Oh, they, you know, they got into an accident or this and that. So it's really important in family constellations that every single person is given a place in the family lineage. Um, and in order to do that, we do, we do the family constellation and that is, we call it the knowing field. So you, you know, you can do a one-on-one session, but really for me, the most powerful has been, in a group setting. So I usually have like six to eight people in the room. That's like the sweet spot. 
and everybody takes on everybody everybody's a vessel so I'll give you an example so you would come to me and say hey flute um I keep on attracting the wrong partners like I don't know what's wrong with me um I just can't seem to get it right uh it's it's a pattern I don't know what's wrong with these is it is it the guys is it me what's going on and so I would set up a constellation and usually you would represent yourself and then we would choose people to represent people in your family because it always starts with the family relationships career issues health issues everything can be like traced back to mom dad your inner child who's your little girl so there's a lot of inner child healing that we do and sometimes siblings can come in as well um and that's the very like first raw family constellation that we'll do and people that represent your father your mother your inner little girl etc they're just vessels and we would set them up in the room it's really hard to explain without like being in the space like i wish i was in the space with you and then we could like explain it better but um you know you set up the set up the room or the space we could do it in the park we could do it in you know an office space in your living room wherever and through movement this is why it's somatic and we don't use a lot of words it's a lot of feeling so oh, wow. people then would move around the space according to the energy and what you'll see is somebody might walk up closer to you someone might move away from you someone might lay down on the floor someone might cry in the corner and these are all feelings that it's not you know i'm just looking at friends on the call here like it's not vanette vanette's not vanette right and alex is an alex like they are your mom or your dad or your inner child and through that movement and and the feelings that come out we reconcile so we reconcile your place in the family your relationship to your mother to your father to your inner child which is so important you take her with you on your journey and so to speak we solve that issue and it sounds really crazy but the work that i've done the the reason why i have chosen family constellations as my prime like form of healing work is along with breath work which you and i could talk about forever um is it's been the most profound form of healing like in one session i think i healed like 10 years of wow. of trauma and i found it when my father passed away which was like i literally couldn't get up off the floor i was grieving so hard i i couldn't function so um it's incredibly healing so we do that in a one-on-one -on -one session it's a little bit different you um you don't have people to represent for you so we use like footsteps or you can like put your your feet literally in a pair of shoes and into, into like you know three or four different pairs pairs of shoes and feel the feelings of your mother feel the feelings of your father feel the feelings of anything a miscarriage an abortion um you know i work with people that have traumas and you know through like slavery through the holocaust through um diaspora um it's really powerful stuff i so, hope that made sense <laughs> does that make sense it does it does but i'm i have questions so yeah yeah sure when you do like a group session and say the session is about me 
like do you mm-hmm. go from person to person like okay we're going to start with christina and then we're going to start with this person and all these people are in the same room are they not related they're just like usually they're not related um i don't encourage i mean you can do like couples constellations as a form of therapy but i have i have never done a constellation with my sisters i have three sisters um and i wouldn't encourage that constellation for them to represent themselves okay um it's better when you do it either alone and and he you don't even need your hand, your family to heal your family line. That's what's so powerful. Like you could literally heal your lineage and your sister doesn't have to be there. Your parents don't have to be there. And it changes, it changes you on like a molecular level. Yes. Um, and you know, you can share that with your family. You can share that experience, you know, two weeks down the line. We really say like take two weeks to really absorb it to yourself um, but it's really cool because it changes your perspective, much like any form of somatic therapy or talk behavioral therapy. Um, you're never going to change your family. You're never going to change your family, but you are able to change how you feel about things that they say or do. Yeah. You're, you have control over yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's, what's the most powerful thing on earth, at least for me. Yeah. And that's what I encourage and, and clients and friends and family. Like I, I'm an evangelist about it. I'm just like, everyone has to try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. I would love to try it. Um, yeah. One more question Absolutely. I have about that. So like when you're in this room and these people are representing, you know, different parts of your family or different people in your family and they're moving, are they moving according to their own intuition and like how they feel they need to move and do you assign them their roles beforehand? So there are two ways of doing it. Um, Bert Hellinger and a lot of, a lot of uh, facilitators that I've worked with don't do a blind constellation. What that means is, let's, I'm going to use you again as an example, like we're working on your relationships. I would say, Christina, pick in the room, intuitively, pick your mother, your father, oh, wow. your sister, and your inner child. I don't do it that way. What I do, which I find to be like really powerful, and this is the way my, my teacher taught me, and I'm so grateful that she has this methodology, is I would say to you, pick three people, and you would just walk around the room and just whatever you're drawn to. You, in your head, you're not thinking that's mom, that's dad, that's sister, or that's inner child. You just pick four people, three people, whatever, and they set you set them up in the room. Like you literally take them by the shoulders and like, have them placed in the space and then based on their movement the few words that they'll say when I ask them like I'll ask like how are you feeling and they'll have like I'm freezing cold I have a a super big like um pang in my in my in my chest or I I can't swallow or there's literal like feelings like physical feelings and based on their words and their actions toward you I will always determine Wow. And even before that, sometimes I say like, hey, that's mom, that's dad, that's sister. And it always plays out. That's so fascinating. Yeah. I have to do this one day. I would love oh, absolutely. Whenever you want. Can <laughs> you do virtual too? I can do virtual. It's a little more difficult because yeah. it's, um, yeah, we can, we can definitely work it out. I haven't done a virtual yet, um, but for sure. Okay, cool. And then you also incorporate breath work into that, the one-on-one sessions or the group sessions? 
I don't do breath work with family constellations. When you do yours, you'll see why. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's they're both very intense healing modalities. I don't I don't mix them. Yeah, separate, okay. separate. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I'll open Reiki, like which is gentle and nice in the room, but um, otherwise it's one at a time. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So now that we know what you do. I always like to find out because the people that I bring on here, especially, I mean, any healer has been through some kind of hardship, has been through, you know, some kind of dark night of the soul that has brought them where they are today, you know, oh, yeah. like they need to help other people. So can you speak to kind of what your experience was or what brought you to this healing modality? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, what brought me to it was the death of my father, who um, I was very close with as a little girl and then feared, as most Albanian little girls do, in my teenage years. And then um, started again to have a relationship with him in my early 20s um, as an adult. Um, so when he passed away, that was really difficult. But I have to say, um, I mean, I started healing... 15, 20 years before that in therapy. Um, I shared with you just like in our little chat earlier, like I just woke up one day and had like my whole body was my left side of my body was paralyzed. I thought I had a stroke. I was 20. It was two days after my 25th birthday. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I was like in school or I had just finished school. I was bartending six nights a week. I was a party monster living in the Lower East Side, living in the East Village, like it's like, what the hell is this? So not like in the right headspace, right? Just like working myself to the bone. Um, and then I started doing yoga, went into behavioral talk therapy um, and started that healing process. And through, I would say that was like my first, I would break up like my spiritual awakenings into two. I know most people just say it's one, but honestly, like my mid twenties was one and the death of my father being at his bedside on hospice and like in the, in our home and like hold, I was literally holding his hand when he took his last breath. That is a, a different version of an awakening. Um, but honestly, like, by the way, Oh no, thank you. Thank you. I think I met you right after that happened actually. So I was like, really? Yeah. I was like really like wide open. (laughs) Um, but Honestly, it was a culmination of like growing up in this, you know, this pretty strict, when I say strict, I mean the typical Albanian parent yeah. crap, right? Like, um, you know, get good grades. Um, you know, my parents, I, I say sort of strict, to be honest, because my parents didn't groom me to be a Nusa, which is for our non-Albanian speakers, a bride. Um, you know, they didn't, they did not, they did not groom me to, you know, get married, not go to college. My father was very open-minded, um, when it came to education, he, you know, had four daughters. He encouraged all of us to excel at school. He was like, you go to college, you go to grad school, you get your PhD if that's what you want. Um, you know, we had dudes come by the house asking for our hand in marriage when we were in high school or in college. And my dad didn't tell me about those times because he didn't want to upset me. Oh, wow. That being said, 
they did want us to marry Albanian Muslim men. Right. Right. So for me, it was like, well, you escaped Enver Hoxha's regime in Albania. My dad is literally like a, you know, he escaped communism and fled and came to America via Italy um, for the whole American dream. And you can't really expect me to... I'm an, I'm an American. Like, it, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, it's, it's so, it was so difficult to, like, live two lives. I feel like I was, like, you know, an American when I went to school, but also, like, held really on tight to my Albanian culture and heritage, the music, the food, the everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it was, like, a lot of, like, living, I don't want to say living a double life, but a little bit kind like kind of it's it's very you know strict in the sense that like I couldn't date I couldn't bring boys home um I you know had to hide that part of my life and that was really hard and um you know if I didn't have my older sister who I don't think is on this call she doesn't have Instagram <laughs> Dita Afrodita like she she's two years older than me she had to break all the rules like she married a non-Albanian non-Muslim man um and that was really hard for the family and you know my mom and dad were very accepting with time the extended family not so much until later on but um you know we had to break all the rules we're here it's yeah we're here to break the rules that's all I have to say and you have to yeah, you know, and it's it's really about finding your voice in a culture and community that traditionally and historically has not given a voice to women. Truth. So, sorry, I kind of went off the rails there. No, no, it's, it's exactly what, what needed to be said. I mean, it's true that in our culture, our voices weren't really honored. And for that reason, a lot of women now feel like, I don't know exactly what I want, or like, I'm too scared to say something because I'm afraid that people won't care. Um, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that I'll, I'll be misunderstood or I won't be heard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why there's a lot of, I'm, I'm into like the whole holistic idea of health so like if you're not speaking or if your throat chakra is closed you're going to deal with thyroid issues you're going to deal with you know all the time your Mm -hmm. anger you know Mm -hmm. so yeah holding your breath Mm -hmm. that's not being able to breathe like or breathing in your upper chest rather than your low belly breath Yep. And, you know, in breath work, as you know, and in family constellations, we say that the inner child lives in the, in the, in your stomach, in your lower belly. And if you're not doing this deep belly breathing, you're not activating your parasympathetic system and you're having these shallow chest breaths, they're going to keep you in anxiety, fight and flight mode, freeze. Right. And yep. I lived my life for a majority of my like teenage years, twenties into my early thirties, honestly, in that mode same same and i think a lot of people do i would say that especially in the u.s majority of people do live in that mode they're breathing shallow they're breathing from the chest and they're not realizing that it's an issue and they're not realizing that the cause is stress and anxiety and the the breathing is also 
perpetuating the stress and anxiety. So it's just this mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So after your first spiritual awakening, what did your healing look like after yoga? And like, what did you realize after that? And was your family open to you being into these like different modalities? And yeah. So my family is pretty supportive. I mean, my dad had, he was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> also like, you know, I'm, I'm a cultural anthropologist. I broke all the rules from like a young age. Like I decided, you know, I want to study anthropology. I want to study cultures. I always had the weird jobs. I was in a rock band for three years full time. Like awesome. I did all the things that like a stereotypical Albanian woman would not at, do. at my age would not do. Yeah. Um, so, but I have three amazing, wonderful sisters. Um, my mom, she's supportive even though she's like I don't get it either um and you know everyone's supportive of me it's it's really great um I've yet to like bring this healing to my family I mean I do it myself for my family but they haven't experienced it themselves um so it's hard I think for them to really understand how it works um but I wish you know they all have young kids they're all young moms you know it's like they don't have any time to like for themselves and I'm always like on Thanksgiving like we're gonna do this I'm gonna do Reiki or I'm gonna bring you guys breath work or whatever and it's like you know there's kids screaming and like ice cream on bibs so like you know it doesn't ever happen but um everyone's really awesome in my family yeah so how would you speak to those who don't have as supportive because I I've spoken to a lot of Albanian women who dm'd me you know saying that their parents are not supportive at all their family members are not supportive yeah. at all of their relationship that's not you know an albanian man or mm -hmm. whatever they want to do they want to travel the world they feel like they can't because they're afraid of their parents like do you have anything that you could say to those women absolutely i mean it's not going to be pretty but you have to live your life like and I and I understand in certain circumstances like a lot of Albanian women live with their parents and they don't have the option to be like they're not financially secure or able to live on their own that's not encouraged that's not allowed um I'm lucky I you know I moved out of my parents house when I was 18 I went to college in Boston I lived my life I came home when I wanted to um it's a little bit different but um I mean, we're all, we're all waking up culturally, Albanian women are waking up. You have to live your life. Um, you have to disappoint people. Yeah. It sounds sad. It sounds, it it's is. not good. You know, you have to quote, be disappointing. You have to be a burnesh. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta like, come on, <laughs> you gotta step out of the, out of the, um, the comfort zone and, and, this is all about using your voice, right? You have to speak your truth and you have to do what your soul wants you to do, mm -hmm. what you're here for. It's either you keep disappointing yourself or you disappoint somebody else and then they end up getting over it, usually. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you always hear those hardcore stories about, oh, my family disowned me and they yeah, never yeah. talk to me again. But like, I mean, you know, but like, you know, I. 
I ruined like I ruined all the rules. Like I smashed all the rules. Like my my partner is a Dominican dark skinned black man. Like that is like what you want to break open talk about racism. I mean, let's go. Like I broke all the rules and my family's still here. My family loves me. Is my extended family as cool? No. Hopefully none of you are on the line. But, <laughs> um, you know, you, you have to do what makes you happy and follow your, your soul's journey. And that's why, that's why I'm here. I'm here to break it. I'm here to burn it down. <laughs> yes. I think we all are here. So, yeah. <clears throat> speaking of somatics, for anyone who doesn't know what somatics are, it's just like the physical feelings in your body when you kind of mostly related to therapy, but yeah, feeling it in your body when you make a decision that is true to yourself versus one that's like trying to fit in a mold or, or please somebody else beside yourself. Could you explain what that feeling is for you if you know it? Oh, absolutely. I'm very in tune with this feeling. Do you know um, human design? Do you follow that at all? A little. All I know is I'm a manifesting generator. <laughs> awesome. I'll do your chart sometime. So um, I'm a manifester and I have um, the way I make decisions. It's, it, I'm a splenic manifester, which means that it's like a 10 second, second decision. I don't wait around. I don't sit. I don't go back and forth. I'm not like, oh, maybe, oh, am I going to buy these shoes or that, those shoes? Or am I going to live in this place or that place? Or it's like, it's a, it's a strong feeling that I get. It lasts like 10 seconds and that's it. I know wow. I'm in incredibly intuitive. Um, mm -hmm. I don't need all the time to make up my, make up my mind. So I do it that way. Um, what was the second part of the question? <laughs> Do you know, like, okay, the reason I ask you this question is because I kind of want the audience for people who are suffering with making decisions for themselves because they, they're afraid of mm -hmm. not pleasing their family, kind of explain yeah. to them what it would feel like to do what's best for them for once versus, you know, doing something to please them or in fear of them. What they yes. Do. So this is one of my favorite topics, which is deconditioning. And really, it's about deconditioning from two things, what society has taught you your whole life, from being a small child to now, and from your family. Your family can be wonderful. They can be supportive like mine. But I was taught certain things. I was deconditioned, um, or rather conditioned, sorry, by, you know, as a kid, you, you listen to your, your adults, your people, the ones that are around you. Those are your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, uncles, whoever is taking care of you as a kid. And they give you, sometimes they give you these messages out loud and sometimes they're subliminal. But like, for instance, let's say like, I'm sure you've heard this. I mean, I have like, my mom used to say like, oh men, they just want one thing. Yeah. They just want one thing from you. And that's not healthy and that's not helpful and my mom you know she did the best she could I love her love you mom you know but that makes a small a little girl and I'm talking about heteronormative I mean this could be anything like man woman whatever but I'm just giving this this example from my mom um to not trust so as a little girl I was taught by my mom who was taught by her mom I'm sure and down the family line 
this is the epigenetic shit that we have to take out of our DNA in family oh. constellations. <laughs> yeah, I was taught to not trust men. So yeah. what do I do? I go out and I pick the wrong men. Mm. Well, I'm not, he just wants one thing. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm not going to trust. I can only trust myself. And usually you don't trust yourself. So you're making these really bad decisions over and over and over again. So that's an example of deconditioning from something that you've been taught. And it's, again, like using your intuition. And, you know, this is something that this is not, this did not happen overnight for me. I mean, this was years and years and years of work. It's about, it's people pleasing. I don't know anyone, I don't know any other culture more than Albanian women that have been taught to people, please. Oh my God. My this is the biggest theme of all my clients, all my Albanian clients is people pleasing yeah. and living for yes. everyone else but themselves. They're not taught to take care of themselves Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. It's the biggest, for me, it's like the biggest tragedy or like the biggest problem in the culture. 100%. It's people pleasing. Yeah. And that's why I say like to what we spoke about earlier, like, you know, women, you, you may be, yes, you may live with your parents. You may be afraid of your parents. They're going to judge you. They're going to judge you to the grave. But you have to not judge you. You have to take the step to do that to, you know, well, yeah, sure, we're in COVID time, so it's a little different. Like travel or take, you know, study, I don't know, anthropology. My parents were like, what the hell are you doing? My sister's an engineer. My other sister's an economist. My other sister works in business. They're all Ivy League educated pretty much. I was like, I went to three schools. I studied anthro. I was like, ooh, yeah. My parents were like, are you going to work in a museum? Like, what the hell are you doing? And it's just, you you just have to, you have to stick to your truth. You have to, like, speak your truth. You have to, like, you have to use your intuition and guide yourself through life. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be significantly older. And you're going to look back and say, wow, like, I didn't do anything I wanted to do. Here yeah. I am. I'm stuck yeah. in a marriage I'm miserable in. Oh my God. I never had the career I wanted. I never traveled. And what the hell am I doing now? It's called the midlife crisis for a reason. Yeah. I've so many times with Albanian women. Yeah. Um, so I, I relate to that, what you're saying, because I kind of grew up like into like rock and roll and like I was like I went through an emo stage and I went through like I was yeah. skateboarding and um yeah. then I went through like a hippie stage where I went and traveled with hippies around the US to all these different like um music festivals and we were selling tie-dye modern day tie-dye t-shirts and like before that I was so terrified of doing what made me happy I was terrified of being different not being like your typical mm-hmm. not your, I don't want to say typical but like what Albanian women were taught to be was you grow up you get married you have kids and oh, yeah. that's your life and yeah. so I was terrified to to follow a different path because we are human and and we desire connection and when that is um, in danger we freeze like to be shunned from society or to be shunned from your family or Albanian culture or whatever was terrifying. Still is. Terrifying. So 
if you could speak to those women who are terrified, like making a decision, like maybe one small decision, like healing, mm-hmm. one doing one like session of generational healing or uh, family constellations or breath work or whatever it is that calls to you or you feel pulled to do, I think would be just the start of your journey. It's not like you have to just like drop everything and move, but like starting your journey slowly. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, that's the way, yeah. I mean, that's the way I did it. It wasn't everything at once. I don't think, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try, but basically like a very good friend of mine, Jamie, she's very wise. She would say to me, well, I remember when I was in pan- like super, I was 25 years old in my super bad panic attack mode, like afraid to like, afraid of the world. I couldn't even walk outside. And she would say to me like five second movements. It's not about like walking around the entire block it's about crossing the street. And so you have to exactly to echo exactly what you said. Like, I know, you know, it might sound like I do a ton of stuff and I do, but I've also, I'm probably like have 20 years on a lot of the girls we're talking about here. Like I'm of a different generation. I didn't have, I didn't have, it's so inspiring for me to see Albanian women that are interested in these things and are open to these things because I didn't have that. I didn't have any of it. I didn't have any support. All of my, all the Albanians in my life got married really young in their like late teens, early twenties. My sister was my, the only person I had, um, that was like me. Um, it's these micro movements start small, you know, um, take a healing class, you know, there's so much available right now. That's the beauty. I mean, COVID sucks, but the beauty is like, there's so much available online. Like go in and read your Akashic records, get them, get them read, ask questions about what you want to do, you know, get some answers there, do a breathwork session, do a family constellation session, um, get some like nice relaxing Reiki, you know, there's so many, there's gentle things. And then there's like heavy things. I would say like, you know, Reiki's over here, like family constellations and breath work can be pretty, pretty up there as far as like breaking into um, some, some deep traumas, but there's so much available. And honestly, like hit me up. Like if you're like, I mean, there's not many people on the call. There's 13 of you guys, <laughs> but um, you know, if you're scared, DM me, like, just be like, Hey, like, I'm freaked out. I don't know what to do. My parents are this and that. Like I did it. I've already been through it. I've done it all. So, and I have, I have actually like spoken to a few young Albanian women about this that I've met with that are like, I don't know what to do, like help. And I'm like, yeah, this is my story. This is how I did it. And I'm not saying one size fits all, but like Mm -hmm. you can do it too. And I think it's important. We didn't really touch on this. Like I don't, call myself a healer because I'm a, I'm a facilitator because you're the healer, like the person on the call, like whoever's listening, like you, I'm not going to heal you. I'm just going to facilitate your story and lay it out for you so that you can have different perspective and look at your, look at your situation in a different way and find resolve with that. Yes. Yeah. 
That's why this this series is called Self Healer Society because my whole message is you are your own healer. And it really takes that first decision to either reach out to somebody. I think, I mean, that would be the best first step is to reach out to someone, whether it's just for support or if you want to actually like engage in a healing session, Reiki, breath work, or um, family constellations. Mm -hmm. Um, So throughout your entire journey, what would you say was your most difficult obstacle relating to being Albanian or not? My God, so many. (laughs) Do you have another hour? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, my, you know, it's, it's crazy too. And I think it's important before I answer that question to lay out, like, I think people get really caught up with like, oh my God, you know, I don't have this crazy traumatic history. Like I wasn't, I don't, my family wasn't in the Holocaust or, or they weren't brought, you know, my ancestors weren't brought as slaves or I had a beautiful upbringing, a really awesome mother and father and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't deserve to like feel this way. And there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of like survivor's guilt there. Like, oh, why do I feel like this is trauma? It's not trauma. And it's important to point out like, every single person on earth that has embodied a human form has trauma. And that is, if it's not your own, it's not, you know, I mean, in Family Constellations, we talk about the mother wound, which is like your relationship with your mother when you were born. Was there, was there any difficulty in your birth? Was there separation when you were a baby? Like, is the father wound was your father like my dad was amazing I love my dad like I I I grieve him literally every day I miss him but he was pretty he was an absentee dad for a long time he was not emotionally available that is trauma guys like it's important to like give yourself that like grace you know what I mean cut yourself some slack like just because you haven't been you know in a war zone doesn't mean you don't deserve to have this healing work. Um, I went off the rails. You asked me a question. No, I'm so happy that you brought that up because it's something that I always preach that like there's different levels of trauma and even things that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't consider as trauma are traumatic to that person and really depends on the individual and their level of resiliency too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like my, my parents had a son before they had four daughters and he died when he was very young. And, you know, I never knew him. My sisters never knew him, but that is a family trauma. And whenever I lay out my constellation, I always have a place for him because he's my older brother. And that is, that changed the dynamic of the family. And if you believe in like a pecking order, like, you know, what, what child takes what order, in the family, firstborn, middle child, etc. Like, I'm actually the third born. I'm not the second born, even though I go around my life living like on that, that pecking order. So I think it's important that, again, I'm going back to this, like everyone has a place and everyone has their trauma that they're, they're going through. And if it's not yours, and it's not in your immediate family, right now, it's goes back. You know, mm-hmm. generations, we, in family constellations, we go back seven generations back and yeah. we heal seven generations forward. Yeah. So, um, so I've been doing like this inner child healing, little hypnosis 
course. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it had me ask my mom all these questions about my birth. And yeah. like, what was it like when I was in her stomach? What was it like before yeah. I was conceived? What was it like right after I was born? Was I immediately given to her in her arms? Or was I, you know, held away from her? And I really learned so much about myself because I really believe in this generational trauma. You know, it's oh, I have the goosebumps. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like literally covered in goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, that's the mother wound. Yeah, and so like one, yeah. at one point she, you know, because a lot of Albanian mothers had to take care of their in-laws their mother-in-law or whatever and yeah, I was like so yeah. were you like a very attentive when I was younger were you she's like I I really couldn't be as attentive because I had to take care of my mother-in-law and I was like yeah. okay that makes sense in certain ways and she also said that she watched a lot of scary movies when she had when I was in her stomach and she was getting really scared of them and she's not normally mm -hmm. scared of them so I'm like okay so you're feeling a lot of mm -hmm. fearful feelings in your body and you know your body doesn't know the difference between whether you're really scared of something or a movie you know yeah absolutely so it's just Amazing. so fascinating to me if you're if you're on a healing journey this is something that you really have to explore it's not just one thing there's so oh, yeah. many areas yeah yeah i'm i'm actually doing an inner child uh, meditation series too i'll send it to you i did one today Awesome. I took, I always take like my 30 minutes during my work day to do it. And it was incredible. It's hypnosis. It's incredible. Wait, is it, what is it? Which one are you doing? It's with Manjeet meditation. Oh, okay. No, I'm doing it's through Heal House. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. I love Heal House. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love this stuff so much. Um, yeah. There was something that I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. Can you, like, speak on that a little bit more, like epigenetics and, and what you know about that? Because I feel like a lot of people really don't know it. And some people think yeah. that generational trauma or healing is, like, a trend. But it's, like, so much more. No, it's, it's, it's actually science. I know it's crazy because I feel it's, it's you know, that that divide between, like, woo-woo and, like, science. And for me, like you know, I'm an anthropologist, which is considered to be soft science, social mm -hmm. science, but I am a huge science nerd. And I read, like, yeah. I, you know, I study a lot of neuroscience. I follow Joe Dispenza's meditations. I do, like, all of that stuff. And it's I've gone deep. Language, girl. Yeah, girl. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone's like, why is he talking funny? I'm like, it's rewiring your brain. <laughs> Just listen. I actually took a Joe Dispenza, I don't know if my friend Bianca is on this call, but I took a, a, I did a Joe Dispenza meditation. I downloaded it when I went off grid in the Shala River, like south of Fifth and in Albania. And we were totally off grid. And I shared that meditation with her and she was like, it like changed her life. But at first she was like, why is he talking like this? Yeah. I'm like, just keep going, keep going. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm into all of that. Um, epigenetics, there have been so many tests run with, um, unfortunately, mice, I hate to say it, but um, with, with um, have you heard of the test that they did with the smell, the smell test with like the Holocaust survivor test with mm -hmm. mice? I don't think so, but I know, I'm, I've heard of the test with the mice about the Holocaust with Rachel Yehuda, I think her name is. Yeah, so basically like the, 
the certain smells that had been passed down through generations and generations, like they did it with, like they tested it on mice. And what they found was that they, when they were triggered by a specific smell, they went into like this fight, 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 flight, freeze mode. Um, and it had been, it's, this, it's the same as what happens in your DNA. So like, for instance, I didn't explain that properly. Sorry. But, um, you know, for me, like a lot of my work is about, and it's pretty close to home. Like I, I've done some work with like my, my ancestors, but that's mostly in breath work. Like my great grandmothers are guides and they come to me and I've never met them. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm healing a lot of, I'm healing a lot of their trauma. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm working through it through my breath work. But a lot of like, so epigenetic, for instance, would be my dad was a, he, he basically fled Albania in the 1960s. In 1961, <clears throat> he left um, Albania when it was completely closed and, and communist and was, you know, fled to Montenegro, then Croatia, then Italy, was thrown in like an old uh, concentration camp in Trieste, Italy, then was given um, his green card and came to America. The trauma of him leaving his family and being in that position is passed on to me and my sisters. And we, we take it, we each hold that trauma in different ways. Another example is, I mean, I keep on using my dad because I feel like my mom doesn't have as much trauma. I mean, she has her own traumas, but not nearly like my dad's story is way crazier. Uh, He was orphaned at the age of eight. His mom died right after childbirth. Um, They say it's like the evil eye, you know how Albanians are. She gave birth to his sister and then she died shortly after um, when he was three. And then his father died when he was eight. And we believe that he was he was murdered. Um, and he was left like he had half siblings that were older than him. They didn't care about him. They basically wanted him dead. Um, and he was then raised by a cousin, like a older cousin, um, who became basically his, his mom. And so being an orphan, having an early death, the mother wound, all of that is, is passed down through hit from his DNA into our DNA. Mm-hmm. And when we have children, we pass it on to our children. And so it's important. And, you know, DNA can be turned on. It can be turned off any gene through like diet, breath work, you know, food is medicine, all of it, like lifestyle changes. You can, you can be given the worst genes on earth mm-hmm. and it's up to you to turn that on or turn yes. that off. Yes. And it's the same with trauma. You have to like either you work through that shit or it's going to it's it stays dormant in your body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is everything that I was learning. I started reading that book. It, it um, didn't start with you. And I've just. Yeah, like... that's my teacher. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mark Wolin. Yeah. 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 Um... That's one of my teachers. That's, he's like all about the mother wound. So everything I'm talking about, you probably will, will read in that book. Yeah. I, I yeah. really, I'm a science geek too. So I love the whole idea of like when, when something happens to your mother or your father, then there's a tag that gets attached to your DNA. And then 
however, mm-hmm. and then controls how that DNA is expressed. So your level exactly. of resiliency when you're born is not going to be the same as like my sister. So if me and my sister both deal with the same traumatic experience, we're going to deal with it differently depending on what our DNA picked up from our parents. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, thank you for bringing that up because in family constellations and, uh, in any, in any healing modality or even in talk therapy, you know, I talk to my sisters and I'm like, guys, I have a crazy blackout. I don't remember shit from age eight. And I had a traumatic experience happen at age eight. My, my aunt died. She was very young and, and it was very traumatizing to, um, my family. My mom just like completely shut down. And, um, yeah, she was 23 years old. It was really, really horrible. I was eight years old and I never, I don't want to say I never recovered from that because I've done a lot of healing work around that. I actually did a family constellation about her and did a lot of resolution about her. Um, but that changed our family dynamic and that, you know, really brought a lot up. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's important to like work through all of those individual moments. And I talked to my sisters and I'm like, I blacked out at age eight, I, from age eight to like age 14, I don't remember anything, which is so crazy. Right. Cause like in healing work, they say your brain is protecting you from trauma that you experienced. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what the hell happened during those years? Um, your body, remembers. my sister's, Exactly. The body keeps the score. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, my sisters, they they didn't have that experience. We are four daughters that lived entirely different experiences in that household. Yeah. My sister Medina had two different parents than I did. I mean, same birth parents, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Totally different story. Same with Tita, same with Ghani. Like, we all lived different experiences. And that's exactly what you're saying. You know, I echo that plus one to that mm-hmm. plus one plus one. Like it's, we all have different experiences period. Yeah. And our genes take that in and express that differently. Mm-hmm. So we have two minutes left. I have one more question. Oh yeah. I could talk to you all day by the way, but I know um... call me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> So if you had one piece of advice you could give your younger self when you were kind of in your place of suffering, what would you tell her to kind of make that journey a little bit easier? Oh my God, I did that today. Why are you reading my mind? I literally (laughs) did that today with my inner child. Yeah. My inner child meditation. I, I talked to my eight year old self, actually the, the day after my aunt died, I remember vividly, I was sitting in a chair uh, in the corner of my parents' living room and I would look at the grandfather clock, tick, tick, tock, tick, tick, waiting for my mom to come home and she wasn't coming home. And it's crazy because I have that grandfather clock in my apartment now. Mm. And I feel like it's a, it's a representation of like, it's, it's a gatekeeper, it's a timekeeper. Um, and I spoke to my inner child today. I talked to her all the time. Um, one piece of advice, like, oh my gosh, girl, like you are going to experience, yeah, you're going to, okay, you're going to experience, you're going to experience so much. You, you are courageous. You are strong and use your voice. Boom. That's enough. That's it. Use your fucking voice. That's what, that's what us all being in girls need more. I mean, everyone needs more, but you know, get loud, 
Get it loud. All right, this was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like I could have. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you so yeah. much, and you. You're delicious. welcome. All right, I gotta go. Oh, we have four seconds. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>